Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we are doing a Mrs. International recap because there is a new queen in town. There is. Congratulations to the new Mrs. International, Sandy Glant from Florida. We are excited to watch her year ahead, and we want to recap the past week as we were very obsessively watching all the social media coverage of the pageant and we watched prelims and finals and we have not talked to each other about it we have texted but not talked so i'm super excited to hear your thoughts opinions everything and both of our husbands watched i know so i think it'll be fun to kind of discuss what everyone's opinions were yes well i don't think i've ever watched the international prelims before but I did this year because you know when you watch it and you're like you just watch from social media and then your favorite doesn't get called and you're like oh well I didn't see him prelims and then sometimes you watch prelims and finals and then you're like okay I still I don't get how my favorite didn't make it totally so that that was cool to see that and I know you had some that you were like your head couldn't figure out how they didn't make it yes so especially because I have followed a lot of these queens for the entire past, not just one year, but multiple years in their platform work because this is such a platform-based system. So seeing the work that a lot of them had done, many of these women, it was not their first time to compete at Mrs. International. And I know the amount of community service they've done, the amount of advocacy they've done for their different causes. So seeing that some of them were not selected in the top 15, even though what we saw on stage at prelims was amazing. They looked beautiful. They were so confident, so elegant on stage. It sometimes just doesn't make sense. But again, we have to remember, we don't know what happened in that judges room in that interview. And that is 50% of the score for people who are new to watching pageants. A lot of times they're like so angry and they just don't get it. But as someone who's judged and competed just like you, we know sometimes a contestant just doesn't have the best interview and it really just comes down to that day. And if they don't have the great interview or they didn't have that connection with the judges, there's really nothing you can do about it other than just pick your head up and know that you did the best on stage you could have ever done and come back and try again if that's in your heart. Do you ever wonder, because I wonder this sometimes, that with that many women, mm-hmm. if I mean, what if what if someone did have a good interview? Do you think sometimes it's just placement in the interview or do you think sometimes they really do just need to be that much better because of their placement or I don't know, maybe it doesn't matter. So I don't think that placement necessarily matters as much as connection. I think you can be first group and still have a and have a phenomenal interview and still win the pageant. I think you can be last group and still win the pageant or right in the middle of the road. I don't think there is really I can rationalize my way through any placement as how you can win if it's your time. If it's in God's plan for you, 
I don't care where your placement is. It doesn't, it's that to me is just like saying if you're Alabama and you're first, you're never going to win. Or if you are Wyoming and you're last, you're never going to win. Like if you're in an alphabetical order, you can't, you can't put that much pressure on yourself. It's truly about coming in, knowing why you're there, what your mission is. And if that aligns with also what the system is looking for at that same time, and it's the perfect pairing, that's what happened. That that's how they choose the winner. And at international, because I know you just talked about how much community service some of these women have done. Do they look at that and say like, okay, like you did 200 hours of community service. So I score you a little higher or, or do they not look at it that intently? So remember how we talked about that platform page that gets submitted to the judges yes. instead of like necessarily a bio? That mm-hmm. is the chance for you to highlight what you want them to know. If you choose to put the amount of money you've been able to help fundraise or the amount of hours you've helped serve or the amount of bills you've helped lobby for, those types of things, if that's what you want to put on that page, then that's how they'll know. If they, if you don't put that on there, they don't know that. You have to either tell them or you have to put it on there. If It's all up to you putting it out there or they will not know. There's no like president's community service award or volunteer hours award like some pageants have it's it's just a matter of you have to communicate that to them and sometimes what a pageant is looking for is like I don't know I I remember a few years ago like the Miss America organization had like a huge rebrand remember and they did the Mm 2.0 there and they were really really focused on a queen who was going to get out there and promote that new 2.0 brand so there's sometimes that it could really not matter at all what your talent was for that system. They wanted that fresh, young, new queen who could go out and say, it doesn't matter who you are, you fit here in Miss America. So there's sometimes where like even in Mrs. Mrs. International that maybe community service or platform, as long as it's strong, it doesn't maybe matter as much as how much community service you've done as long as you have the reach and the impact. Does that make any sense? Yes, that totally makes sense. There was still some that, I, honestly, it's because they were my friends that I was like so bummed not to see them. I know. Place. Same. There were some beautiful, beautiful women that I was so sad to see left out of the 15. And not to say anybody in the 15 should not have been there. Because I, again, was not in the interview room. And everyone on stages was phenomenal. All of the women. But there were some in particular that I just really thought were excellent on stage and preliminaries. And it was really hard to see them not advance on on finals night. I know. I got really sad about that. Even just like, or even some, I wanted to see plays higher. But I mean, I guess it's just what happens when you're a spectator. I'm doing the family and friends thing where you think your person's the best and mm-hmm. no one else is better than them. Yeah. But I know. I... That, and, and it's the same. I feel like for every single pageant, we watch a pageant and we're like, man, that was not my top five. Or an opposite, that was my exact top five. So it's like so crazy. Sometimes like you get it right on. And then sometimes we're so far off as spectators. And honestly, it's the worst when you do know so many because you're a little biased. Well, I was biased to Florida. What okay. Was the, 
What was the first thing I texted you, if you remember? I know we were texting back She and has forth. an orange gown. Yes. I was <laughs> like, look, she's got an orange gown on. Look at her. And she looks amazing. I love this gown. I love it. But I what did I say it. right back to you about that orange gown? I don't know. Probably I that said, it was better than my crotch I gown said, that I wore. <laughs> I, well, you didn't actually wear it. You tried it on. I tried to wear it. I said, it's an ombre orange gown. It's not neon orange and it's fully beaded. It's not drawing all the attention to the crotch. I blocked it out. <laughs> I blocked all of your commentary out because I was just excited to see the orange dress. I will say it was way better than the one I had tried on, but like a blonde and orange. It, it much, was that's, beautiful. Um, it yes. must be like the thing because even when uh, there was a blonde and orange in top six, the year before I competed even. And it's, maybe mm-hmm. it is just something that I think looks really pretty and it very is. like. Especially on a certain skin tone of orange. Um, like not all blondes can pull off an orange, especially if you have like a yellow undertone in your skin. But if you have that more olive undertone and with a great tan, that blonde hair just offsets that orange and it's the right shade of orange. Oh, it can be phenomenal. Because it kind of goes along with the whole like golden goddess, but Mm -hmm. look, but it's just a little different. What it honestly reminded me of, and I, I don't know her, so I could, I don't know if this is what she was thinking, but it kind of was a little bit of like a nod to the Florida sunset. I feel like. Oh, so I thought I didn't, I didn't know if she was going for it or not, but it made it memorable for me because when I saw it, I thought like of the Florida orange. Yeah. 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 I was just because you know how the cape had that like ombre orange and then the way that the beads sort of went light to dark. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe this is like a little bit of a moment, like a sunset, like a beach sunset in the, on the Florida beaches. Because she's think, from Miami. Okay. Well, I think either way, because like the whole idea is to be memorable and impressive, right? And uh-huh. I mean, it was memorable and she had a beautiful walk. She was beautiful, and I think it just kind of made it that perfect storm. I have to say, and again, my bias is going to come out here, but my personal favorite gown was District of Columbia. It was just the most beautiful gown I've ever seen on stage. Yeah, because, all right, well, that one had the beading that draped on the shoulder. Yes, it was and- white. It was. Uh, it did have a slit. It was the one beaded shoulder that kind of draped and then the other shoulder was almost like a spaghetti strap shoulder. The stoning on that gown was some of the most incredible beadwork I've ever seen. Absolutely phenomenal. I know. I love that one too. Who made that? I don't remember. It's not like a normal, like someone you can go to a store for. Right. It was a custom gown. She had it custom made and it was one of just those moments that you see a girl in a gown and that gown was truly made for her. I know. I love those moments too. Um, another gown, just while we're talking about gowns that I really loved was Mrs. Arkansas International. She was one of the ones that did not advance to the top 15, but I was so glad we got to see her in preliminaries because her gown was so perfect for her. It was a long sleeve gown with a deep V, which is wrapped around her waist and fit her body so beautifully. She walked in it like a dream. I thought it was a dream gown for her body. Um, so 
there wasn't anything crazy about this gown, but I really, really did. I just thought it looked really beautiful on her. Do you remember Mrs. Illinois' gown? I do. It was just very clean and simple, strapless white, mm-hmm. cinched in at the waist, and it, it showed just, her curves. Yeah, it was like a simple Sherry Hill gown, really nothing on it at all on the actual gown, just a strapless white gown, just a beautiful Sherry Hill, but it was the neck piece with the cape that really made it a standout. Yes. And it was just like sometimes those simple ones just really surprise you because like I know I typically I typically want all the sparkles, but uh-huh. then you get a real simple one like that. And they're just so beautiful and elegant. I loved mm-hmm. it. I did have some overall general comments that I wanted to just put out there for all a lot of the Mrs. Contestants to let's just in general stop pretending that we're birds and we don't need to fly our capes. We can just let them drape. We can just let them do what they do. We don't need to fly them. I don't like the flying of the capes either. There was um, there was, there was some... a lot of flying of the capes overall as a general between prelims and finals. There's I'm not pointing out anyone specifically, but I think as misses, we can just drop that. That really feels very teen to me, and I don't think there's a need to fly the cape. Let's just drop it. You know, my husband always thinks that it looks like women are wearing curtains when they wear <laughs> a cape. And I'm like, you just don't understand capes then. But I think it's probably because they flip them out and they look a little more dramatic and then it confuses him. (laughs) Well, I love it when you like maybe like start kind of with your arm out and then drop it and let the cape just do what it does. But when you hold it the entire time you're walking, it's very strange and it's very distracting. And I I find myself as a, a viewer or a judge only watching your arms instead of looking at your face. And I want to look at your face as a judge. I don't want to be distracted by the cape. That's I have that true. same note for fun fashion for younger divisions. That's my same consistent note is let it's fine to play with your cape some, but like, let's drop it. I want to look at you. This isn't about the cape. It's about you. Okay, well, I'm glad you just said that because if I were to compete in a pageant with a fun fashion and had a cape, that's where I would think it's okay to do that and it would be cute and playful, but apparently you just shouldn't do that ever. (laughs) No, totally fine to an extent, but if you never drop it, that's where it becomes distracting. When it's the entire routine, it's held in your hands, that's where it becomes distracting. I do like it when this is off topic, but like if it's attached to the wrist, because then you can move your arm around like down by your side and then bring it back out. And it doesn't feel like you're having to hold it. Um, When I was in Mrs. Ohio, the first time we had sarongs and Mm -hmm. I was practicing walking with Christine and I kept like passing my sarong from hand to hand and finally she comes over and she goes quit playing this like passy wassy thing with the (laughs) sarong okay like quit messing with it and I was like oh am I doing that she's like yes quit quit screwing around with this thing and just hold it yeah I think as a contestant we feel like it's fun and it shows like all this personality but for a someone on the outside all that's all we can watch is like what are you doing? What are you doing over there? What where, what are you doing with your hands? Where are your arms going? And instead, we should be looking at your eyes and your smile and your expressions and how beautiful you look. And we th- so just remember not to be too distracting. 
Okay. Well, that's good advice. And all right. So Dustin watched it with you, you said? He did. And Camden watched finals. Neither of the kids watched prelims with me, but Dustin did. And then Camden and Dustin both watched finals with me. Okay. Yeah. Matt watched. Actually, yeah. Matt watched both with me because he he likes he's kind of getting into it. I feel like Dustin gets in with it. Well, he kind of has to, considering the amount of pageants that I watch. It's basically if he wants to spend time with me, he better just get on board. Because we watch, I in my house, I live stream a pageant basically every weekend since I have so many clients competing around the United States and there's no way I can go to all of their pageants. So I'm always live streaming. I'm technically live streaming one tonight. I'm going to be watching the preteens. Oh, are the preteens tonight? They are. The international preteens. Their prelims and finals are tonight. They don't have two separate shows, so their whole show is tonight. Is that for the rest of them, or does Miss split it up? The Miss and Teen, they are split up. So the Teen preliminaries will be tomorrow. The Miss preliminaries are Friday, but the final show is put together on Saturday. So if you're going to pick one... I would probably, if you don't want to pay for, you know, every night, I would just do Saturday to watch the finals of Miss and Teen together. Oh, That's like the, the okay. best bang for your buck. Gotcha. If okay. you don't, if you're not like me and have a lot invested in this and like, you know, I've got all these girls competing. I feel like I pretty much have to watch. Yeah, you have a lot. I do. Competing. Okay. And but I, I want to back up really quick if we can. And yeah. let's talk through... One very unique thing that the international pageants has, which is the onstage platform pitch and the onstage question for the entire top 15. That's something no other system has. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to get your take on what you think about it. What did you think about the outfits that the women wore? What did you think about the platform pitches? How did you like this, the question format? This was new this year, how they did the questions. The questions for the past several years have been current event questions. This was the first year in many years that they switched to a platform question. I didn't know if you know that. Yes, I watched it last year. And that was one thing when I just like looking at different pageants, I didn't like that they did that. I, I think those are can be kind of hard and I can be a little abrasive in general. So if they asked me, you know, something like that, I guarantee I wouldn't come off super likable. <laughs> With the current event questions? Yeah. Okay. And so... Then all of a sudden, they're standing there asking them specific questions about what they care about their platform. And honestly, that's what warmed me up a little more to where I was like, oh, like international might not be like the worst pageant for me to do after all. If they're asking questions about my platform. So I loved it. That was a change that was announced right after internationals last year. So the contestants coming in knew that that was happening. They were well aware that that change had been like put in place and each question for that top 16, because there was 15 plus the people's choice and it was tailored to the contestant, which I loved. I, instead of like a fishbowl. Yes, I did too, because they still didn't know exactly what was going to be asked, but you at least knew that, okay, this person should be able to ask or answer this very easily. Right. And you got to honestly kind of learn more about what their platform or their plan would be no matter what their platform was. I thought that was really a great change. I was such a fan of that and I was 
I would like, I, I mean, I really like commend the international pageants for doing that my year at international in 2019. Some of those onstage questions I was standing, I did not place in the top 15 and I was standing out like out, you know, with the non-finalists listening a little thankful that those were not my questions. <laughs> Some yeah. of them were really, really hard. Yeah. Well, when I was watching it last year, I'm sitting there and my husband was watching it then with me too, along with a couple of my friends. And we're all looking at each other. Like, um, I would not want somebody to ask me this in front of an entire auditorium of people. And then a ton of people watching it at home. Right. I know just kind of insane, but we, I loved that. I loved getting to hear each individual's like person's kind of take on what their question was. And did you have any favorite like standout outfits from that part of the competition? Because I have some highlights. Yeah, there was, and I think it was, maybe it was Florida that wore the all white dress that had some draping in the front. Yeah, that was the same dress that my um, client, Mrs. Colorado American, Nikki Goss wore for interview. Is that the one? The long yes. sleeve with the oh, drape. Oh, it was mm-hmm. the same one. Yeah. And that was also Florida's inter- private interview dress. She was one of the only ones that wore the same thing for her private interview and for her onstage platform. And I do remember Ashley Tesoro's black suit. Yes. And I, I thought that just looked really sharp. It did. It looked sharp, but stylish. She's very tall. Mm-hmm. It was really it, flattering on her. It looked really nice on it her. Did. And I remember, I don't. Like, but that was one of those where I don't know if I would suggest that for everybody, but it looked great on her. It looked great on her. It did. I really, I cannot remember her state. I want to say it's like Northern states, but I know that's not it. She's from Arkansas, but I just cannot remember her actual title, but it was like a higher necked red dress. It fit her so beautifully. It had a little bit of sparkle right at the, at the, like a little notched, um, like slit at the in the leg, but not like a high slit. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Almost like a little bit of a cape sleeve. Yes, I remember it now. I almost just said I have absolutely no idea, but her I platform, remember as soon as you said the cape sleeve. I remember her platform was literacy, and she talked about Dolly Dolly Parton's imagination library, and I figured you would remember her from that. Well, as soon as you said the cape sleeve, I remembered her. But man, you know what? And that goes back to like you really do need to stand out in what you wear because it helps the judges or people watching remember you. And if they remember you, they're probably going to lean towards you. Mm -hmm. I loved Texas as also, um, she was one of my girls and she had a beautiful red dress with like a short suit dress on a blazer dress that had feathers right at the cuff. I thought that was also a real standout. It was just enough sparkle, just enough fashion, but still kind of business because it was that blazer dress. And I thought that was beautiful on her. She's a blonde. It looked great. I really liked that too, because that I feel like, so what, so what is that supposed to be? It's supposed to be interview and you're flirting a little bit with glamorous. It's um, it's like parts of it. You kind of want to be interview glam. It's, it's one step up from interview, one step down from cocktail. Okay. Because you are on stage. I definitely saw some cocktail. Yes. Or what I would consider, I guess, more cocktail, but the ones that had that little happy medium Mm -hmm. crush it. Yeah. Like that, like your red, you were talking about your red blazer dress. Did she get that from Miss Circle? Um, she got it from Shop Lee City. 
Yeah. That was really cute. It was. It was beautiful on her. It fit her great. Whenever we were going through all of her different wardrobe choices, that was actually a pretty last-minute change that we made at our, like, um, her director, me, and one other of our kind of, like, team of Texas International we literally made that last minute decision that was not our plan originally for her onstage interview, but she had that in her wardrobe and we were like, why don't we switch these two things? And I'm so glad we did. I think it was the right decision. And then, um, so they go through all of that and mm-hmm. then they have the husbands come back out and, and escort, you know, their wives out. And I noticed this, they all take their wives hands a very specific way. Do they sh- they exactly do. how they okay because I'm like they're all so uniform in this in this move so there's an a full husband's rehearsal where the husbands are taken with like no no wives come just the husbands and they're like given instructions on how to do this then the husbands come on in and they practice with the wives and that is like they have a choreographer basically there correcting if they try to do it any way that's not the approved quote-unquote way oh so they get their hands slapped if Uh they don't do it the right way yes um and I know that uh mostly Mr. Ohio 2021 had a special standout star of the show that he would like to acknowledge all right so we're watching (laughs) prelims and there's 50 women and, and not everyone's husbands could make it to prelims and some to finals and the stand-in, Scott Cessna, he, every time he'd come out, he'd be like, Kristen, it's Scott again. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, there's Scott. Scott Cessna. And that, he was totally fangirling every time they said, escorted by Scott Cessna. He would fall over himself like, hey, it's Scotty. And then one time he had back-to-back escorts, and he's like, oh, man, Scotty's going to pull a hand. You better be careful <laughs> out there. He's probably sprinting from woman to woman. And I'm like what is this obsession with the escort? (laughs) And I was texting you and you said he's actually one of the state directors. He is. His wife, Jody, and he direct Pennsylvania and they are the international directors for Pennsylvania. They also come every year and they are like the chaperones for one of the groups. So the women are divided into different groups for the buses, for the outings and just for rehearsals and everything. Because, you know, there's so many women. It's kind of like how at Mrs. America, you're divided into the different regions. Mm -hmm. At International, you're divided into group like A, B, and C. So Jody and Scott always take group, you know, whichever group, and they're kind of your escorts for the week. And they were my escort my year. So I feel like they're like, I don't know, not my friends necessarily, but I feel like they're my faux mom and dad while I was there that week. If you have questions, they're your people to go ask and check in with if there's something wrong and you need something. And so whenever you told me that, Matt was like fangirling over Scott Sesta. I was just laughing so hard, like, oh my goodness, if only you knew. He like, that's, he, he, he is there for anybody. He will fill in. He'll just pick up the slack wherever he needs to be. And he would love to know that he's got a fan. Well, Matt loved it. He was, he even said, he's like, do you think we could go sometime and I can be the escort? And I was like, no, they're not going to take some random dude that just shows up and is like, can I escort the women? Like, you <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Can I escort all these other men's wives? <laughs> <laughs> Golly, I was like, absolutely not. You will not be doing that. That's weird. 
so funny. But and um, I think the reason for so many of the husbands not being there, I did notice many of the international contestants, their husbands were not able to come, which is completely understandable considering how like expensive it is to fly to the United States, passports, visas, all of that, completely understandable. But that experience of getting to have your husband on stage with you during that moment is truly something I will cherish forever and something that is so unique and so special about the international system that I very much would say if you ever do compete, if there's any possible way your husband can go, please have him there because it's something you don't want to miss out on. Well, and I don't know how I missed this last year, but I it like suddenly clicked that the husband is the one that actually crowns the new queen. Yes. Yes. I didn't even realize that. Did he, did Dustin do that for you at, at your State. pageant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh he, my God. He did. So they have the finalists, husbands, like all 15 or I guess 16. They're all in the wings waiting because as you saw, they don't narrow it down. So like they're, it's just called the winners are all and the placements are all called out of that group. So they announce the fourth runner up, the third runner up, second, first runner up. And then you either are not a placement out of the 15 or you're the winner. So all the hus- all 16 husbands are just right there waiting and they're just ready to run out and help crown and the same thing at state. And they're all just waiting over there and he got to come out and help put the crown on my head. And that was such a special moment. And I mean, I was, in my head, manifesting what it would look like for him to put that Mrs. International crown on my head. But that was not in God's plan for me, at least in 2019. Who knows what's in the future? It's so sweet, but so stressful. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's they, they're not actually putting the crown on. The, the, the former is the one that's doing it. They just kind of are there for the photo moment. Oh, okay. Because I looked at Matt and I was like, do you think you could have handled that? And of course he's like, oh yeah, I could totally do that. And I was like, "Uh." like in this instance, Yolanda was the one that was actually pinning it. He's just really kind of holding it for the picture. Yeah. Cause I saw her kind (laughs) of on the side a little bit. Yeah. But he was holding it. But it is such a family event as a missus. Your husband is so involved in the process. And if you have children, they're so involved. I love that they make it such a moment for the husband as well because it is a team effort yeah to kind of make them feel special Mm -hmm. but then it's like kind of sad I because when I was backstage at Mrs. Ohio they kind of did the same thing the top four husbands are in the wings and then if your wife doesn't win you're like kind of backstage I don't know oh but I also love it because then they're right there for you to give you a hug and tell you how beautiful you are and how great you did and you don't have to like go find them out in the lobby so they're like right there that's true so I do like that part about it you know me I'm Pollyanna I'm always gonna find a positive I know I know which is what I love about you we're we're a good like yin yang for that sort of thing so I bring out the positivity in me before we go and wrap up our recap, I do have to just say, did we change, did anything about watching this pageant change our minds, our, our combined minds about this blue fitness wear? No, I no. don't understand no. what the, in the no. color. It, it, honestly, my year when we had the black, 
I would, I would take that 10,000 times again, even though I did not like wearing the fitness wear, I would rather wear my own choice of fitness or whatever. This blue, we've, it's got to go. It is not, it's not working. But like, what is it? Is that because it's the international color? No, the color of international is purple. Well, and some women I saw, I don't know how they finagled this, but this is ideally, if I ever did that, this is what I would want to do. At least have some sort of high-waisted where it's above my belly button. So it's basically, it comes in one style, but it's how your body is. It's just your body type. So if you're short-waisted, then it comes up higher above your belly button. If you're longer-waisted and your legs are shorter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just depends on your body type, then it's going to be below your belly button. You cannot alter the waistband at all. The only alterations that are allowed, and they do a fitness wear check where they come around and measure, is the inseam of the shorts. You, you can alter them, but they cannot be any shorter than three inches on an inseam. Well... Especially for misses, uh, so many of us have had children yes. where I'm sorry, but if a waistband hits me below the belly button, I don't care how thin I've gotten. Like it's, or fit. it's not going to look right. No, it does not matter how many crunches you do, how many ab workouts you do, how lean you are. For a married woman who's had children or pregnancies, it just is not the most flattering of outfits. Nope. Honestly, though, everyone looked pretty good. Oh, I mean, I'm so proud of any woman who got up there and did that because it takes so much confidence no matter what fitness level you are at to do that. And I did hear that there was one woman who had lost over 200 pounds that was on the stage. And I just thought that was so inspiring to hear. What a fitness journey, right? Like to know that she had lost 200 pounds and got up there and did that was her first pageant ever. Wow. And I don't know that she shared that publicly, so I don't want to say what, you know, what state she was, but that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, no, it really is. I just like wish that they would set them up for success Mm -hmm. and give them a better outfit. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Anything else that you want to just shout out, talk about positive things? Did you have like an overall favorite interview look? I don't think I can comment on it because the photos I saw, I don't think they were like in the best lighting specifically when international pageants were posting of the group shots Mm -hmm. because none of the colors looked really bright or vibrant or like, I don't know. I actually looked at them and I'm like, oh man, none of these are specifically jumping out at me. I have, I think overall I just had a favorite group Um, and it was that group that was like, I think it started maybe with like contestant twenty. One through 25-ish, maybe. Maybe that group. I thought overall that group just was consistently, like, well-styled. They all all looked really phenomenal. Illinois, I thought she really nailed it all week as far as, like, her styling and her looks. I did like her a lot. Oh, and Florida was in the group. You know, like, when you looked at the group picture, they just all stood out as really put together, really well-styled, classy, just beautiful and they all had on appropriate shoes. There was a lot of really, really too many toes I saw. For um, my t- for my personal taste. I don't like a lot of toes in interview. My second toe is longer than my first toe. Same. So I don't like a lot of toe either. <laughs> I have that same issue. So I'm very particular about not having my toes showing in interview. Because both, both feet, 
My second toe is longer. So let's get to Chris's question of the week, if that's okay with you. Let's do it. So in the spirit of onstage questions, since we've been thinking about them so much, here's my question. What famous woman from history would you like to meet and why? Well, me personally, I'd love to meet Dolly Parton because she truly because she is like one of the biggest success stories, in my opinion, the way she grew up and how poor she grew up and that she finally made it as a singer. But then she still looked around and said, you know what? No, I can do more. I can help children all around the world by founding the Imagination Library and I can bring hundreds of thousands of dollars to the economy of East Tennessee, where I grew up by putting Dollywood right here. She's such an inspiration. And I feel like she's also very humble. And she wants to help an area where she grew up and where maybe she struggled. And so she's always giving back. And I would just love for some of her confidence in herself to rub off on me. Okay, so you said someone living in history. I like it. Well, who would you pick? I was going to say Audrey Hepburn. She was a big philanthropist. Yeah, that's why. Because she had such a heart for dance, for theater, for art, for acting, but also for people and for children and for being a humanitarian. And I think just the combination of her love for fashion, her love for the arts, and her love for people – That just, to me, stands out. She's just such a legend and such an icon, not just because of her career, but because of what she did for the world, not just herself, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. That was a good one, Chris. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did you see my reel that I made in uh, the voice of Chris Kardashian? No, I'm going to go look at it right now. What was it? You'll have to, you'll have to re, um, see it. I'm, it was just for you. Do you want to tell people how to find us? At Pageant Buzz Pod on Instagram. There's no the. Don't even try it. <laughs> just straight Pageant Buzz Pod. We'll see you there. Bye, everybody. We are currently booking our next guest, so follow us on Instagram at pageantbuzzpod and send us a DM if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast.